another episode of the Caregiver Cup podcast. This is a Thursday episode, and in this episode, I'm sharing some behind the scenes and by sharing a clip of a live session I did with the Caregiver Cup community, which is our private Facebook group. We go live each Wednesday in this group. Some Wednesdays, I do a mini training session for the group. On some Wednesdays, we just connect and chat. And on other Wednesdays, we share uh, or I ask for questions to, to and answer. So we call it a Q&A session. So in this episode, I am sharing a May live Wednesday live session with you where the group submitted their questions and I picked the top three questions and did a Q&A session with them. So here's the three questions that I picked. How do you stay motivated and keep your energy level up? And I answer that question in great detail based on my experiences and my past um, practices, actually. Number two, what are your top three self-care tips? So I go into detail on those. And the third one was, I feel angry and resentful all the time. How do I overcome this? And I give you my personal advice and practices to go ahead and overcome it. So I hope you enjoyed this little clip-it of the Q&A session from our May Caregiver Cup community. I did get three questions this week that I wanted to go ahead and talk about. And then if you jump on here and I'm still live, you can go ahead and type your question in, or you can type it in in the chat area and I will check on it. Um, I check into this group a couple times a day. And so I'll just check in on that as well. So let me bring up the first one and talk about this first one. And I made some sticky notes so that I wouldn't, I wouldn't forget to talk about the, the, all of the aspects of this, but this is a really, really good question. How do you stay motivated and keep your energy up in your caregiving journey? In my caregiving journey, this is one that's always hard because trying to stay motivated, inspired, engaged, whatever the buzzword you want it to be. And then keeping your energy up is hard because it it just is. I have like three thoughts on this. First of all, your body is going to respond days later after a situation happens to you. Usually 48 to 72 hours, I see my body reacting to something like if I didn't eat well or I didn't get enough, get enough water or I didn't sleep well, usually the next day I can keep going pretty much. But usually days after that, I struggle to get that my body back into the, the movement again. And so the very first thing is how, how to keep your energy level up and how to keep your mindset and motivation in place is the basic stuff. And I think it, I think it is four things for you. And I know there's a couple of you that are into the health industry. So if you have more 
give us those because I am definitely open and then not the expert in every in this field at all. So your feedback would be helpful. But I still think even when you're when you're sluggish and tired, because I'm more tired if I work at my computer all day than if I was out gardening and working and physically working. I'm more tired when I sit, when I sit around and do nothing. Um, and I shouldn't say nothing because that's terrible. But when I sit and not move up and down. So I think movement has to be the first thing. How are you moving your body? I pr- I personally have to move in the morning. And that kickstarts everything and gets me going and keeps my energy level up. But I also have to think about my nutrition, my water, and my sleep. I have to think about all of those things to go ahead and make sure that I can have my energy level up. I feel good, good emotionally, mentally. I feel okay. And when those things are not in, in order, I feel those days later. Have you ever run into somebody that, and I'll, I'll, I'll pick on my kids. I'll pick on my youngest son, Jamie, or James is his formal name. Sometimes he'll be like, I said, how are you doing, Jamie? Oh, I'm so tired. And I'm like, so what'd you do? What have you been doing this past weekend? I'm just hanging around playing video games. And, you know, that's when we were raising him as a kid. And I'm like, because you're not moving. That's why you're tired. You're not eating. You're not drinking your water. You got to get up and move. You got to get your body going or it's always going to want to be in that stagnant, stagnant state. And that's what I used to tell him all the time. And then I would get mom, the mom eye rolling stuff. But think about that. How are you going to do that? Because an athlete can only be at his best when he or she is totally fueled, sleeping well, eating well, hydrating well. You go in and you're totally prepared. Same with you. You have an intense job to do from a caregiver perspective. And you have to be at your best. And you can control these four things. You can control your sleep. You can control what you put in your mouth and the nutrition that you're taking in and the water. And you can control the movement. You just have to find where you're going to go ahead and do it. The second part of this question is you're going to get your overwhelm and your stress and your challenges here. And anxiety and emotions are going to play in. But I want you to think about that when they, those when your body feels it two days later and three days later, when you had emotional stress or anxiety or challenges, thinking about maybe you, you had uh, an emergency situation happen, you can feel it days later. What did you do during that time that caused it? I want you to think back and I'm not, I'm, I, there's no like, black and white answer or hard textbook answer, but I want you to think about what you experienced during that time. And then I want you to think about what could I have done to help my body and myself make it through that situation better? Could I have grabbed some water during that time? Could I have taken a walk and went ahead and breathed for a little bit? Did I, because when, when I'm in, I'll be honest, when I'm in stressful and anxiety situations, well, all I want to do is grab sugar and salt and eat terrible food because my I want to comfort my body versus 
instead of thinking about what should I be doing or I, I want or I'll, I'll want to sleep or oversleep or I won't sleep at all. And then what happens is two or three days later, you're usually sick or you're tired or you're just feeling awful and you may have physical things that happen to you or mental things that happen to you. And when you, and I'll just throw this out here too, is when you're, you're not at your best, when you're not sleeping well, when you're not eating well, when you're not drinking your water, when you're not physically committing to yourself from a movement perspective or committing to yourself from a mental perspective, like journaling and meditation and yoga, when you're not doing that, then that's when you're even more emotional. You're even more prone to stress and anxiety. And so it's just kind of like you have to build that foundation and saying, what does, what do I need? And then I think I talked about this one already, but on my sticky note here, I have take some time as these things happen, take some time and go back and assess them. And, and saying, what can I do now to sustain my personal health and physical and mental well-being? What can I do to sustain that? What changes do I have to make in that situation? So hopefully that helped you with that question. And again, I challenge you all if there's others. Here's another question. What is your top three self-care tips? Well, I gave you the first one already because I think that that's an important piece, but you have to go ahead and, and set yourself up for those challenges and those obstacles and try to go in with as the best way you can go in. What comes to mind, and I don't know why it comes to mind right away, but a fighter, a firefighter trains for the fires and the, the situations that occur. They go ahead and train for those. And part of their training is obviously knowing how to move the equipment and go ahead and do all that kind of stuff and use the hose. I'm not a firefighter, by the way. But also, they have to stay in shape. They have to stay in shape and physically eat well and take care of themselves. And so I think you have to go in with that same mindset. And I call it self-love, commitment to yourself. What am I going to do to be the best I can be? Because I know you and I both want to go ahead and either work our job because we have to, or we like to, or we're doing our business and we're caregiving. So we have to be really taking care of this body that we have so that it can go ahead and sustain all of the challenges and keep working on that. I know you're never going to believe this, you guys, but I'm an introvert. I love to be on camera and I like this part of it. But I also, as an introvert, I need my downtime. I need my rest time. And I had to learn that the hard way. I can't just keep having all the stimulus around me. Oh, my gosh. I need downtime to be the best version of myself. And then another one is this saying that I used, I think, in one of my last ones is you can do anything, but not everything as a self-care tip. Just remember that your personal joy matters. And when you say yes to everything or when you do everything, 
you're setting that health boundary or that boundary, self boundary for yourself. And so your loved one is going to expect you to do that all the time. And you're going to have to take that on again. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is saying, nope, my priority is this and I can't do this. I'm going to have to ask for help. So just remember that because I think that's an important piece there. Go back to your question here. And then my third tip, and if you haven't listened to the Caregiver Cup podcast today, I'll put it up in just a minute. My third tip, though, is find your people. In the Caregiver Cup podcast today, and let me see if I put it on here. Yep, here's here's the link to it, or you can go to your favorite podcast site, is find a group, an accountability group that you can go ahead and connect with or find a group of people that are going to bring you joy so that you have a connection with somebody else. I, in the podcast today, I talked about the importance of connecting with these three amazing women that I met over a year ago. And they are my accountability partners for running my business. But I I found more than that. Friendship, I share my challenges, I share my issues with them. They offer suggestions. We support each other unconditionally. We're vulnerable. And so my caregiver tip for you is what brings you joy And you have a group of people to go ahead and connect with. And it could be something as simple as putting a a note out to in this group or in another group or connecting with two other friends to say, hey, can we meet every week? And yeah, the ideal world would be to go have coffee. And I'm going to drink my cup of coffee right now. Go have coffee. Or it could be you do have to do it virtually because of your your loved one's condition. But Thursday night at 7 p.m., non-negotiable time. That is my time with my two accountability amazing women that I meet with each Thursday. And we go ahead and discuss our business. We discuss what's going on. We throw challenges and ideas out at each other. And we support each other. So I think there's something there for me from my perspective. Without getting into too much textbook well-being, but I need a sense of belonging. I need somebody that could understand what I'm going through. And I need that thriving together kind of bond with other people. And it's not forced. And for me being more of an introvert, I love that it's scheduled. And I like the fact that we're just on Zoom and I don't have to worry about going into any places. That makes me feel good from a safety perspective from taking care of my loved ones as well. Okay. I have one more question unless I see something else popping up. This one is a good one because, and it's kind of different than the other two, but I feel anger and resentment all the time. How do I overcome this? And my response to you that submitted it, and I'm not saying names because I want to keep these um, private unless the person wants to physically come on here and submit and comment. I think, first of all, you have to find out what triggers or the reason why you're feeling anger and resentment. 
I really do. And the, it might be because you're burnt out. It might be because you're mad at yourself because you overcommitted. It might become, become part of just your overwhelm. And so, or it might be because of the fact that we talked about earlier that you're exhausted. You're just exhausted and you're not taking care of yourself. And so I have three things for you. First of all, I want you to think about your, your commitment to yourself. Are you doing the, are you, are you doing the eating well, sleeping well, hydrating yourself? Are you moving your body and and mentally taking care of yourself? If you're not, you're more vulnerable to any emotion. And so that's my first thought for you. My second is then identifying why you're feeling this way. And I think I brought this up earlier in the session. There are three state or earlier in our group, there are three stages of caregiver overwhelm. The first stage is stress. The second stage is burnout. The third stage is fatigue. Emotions are in each one. But if you're seeing that anytime you're in a, an emotional state, your first trigger is anger, then I would look at to see where you're at in one of those stages. So go out there and go ahead and look to see and try to identify, am I in stress? And this document will go ahead and give you some of the, the signs and symptoms, but it'll also give you some suggestions to go ahead and, and look at. If you're in burnout and you're feeling anger and you're, you're feeling resentment, then you're not taking care of yourself. And then you need to look at ways that you can go ahead and release or reduce some of the overwhelm. Because remember, we're not going to be able to get rid of it all, not in this caregiving world that we're in, but there's ways to release and reduce it. And that might be something as simple as I need a couple hours off a week that I have to find somebody to take care of my loved one for a while. Or it might be redoing your your whole caregiving schedule each week to say, okay, I got to add in my my me time, for lack of a term, my me time every day. And so am I going to get up earlier? Am I going to go ahead and work in this somewhere into my schedule? So that's my, my second thought. And then my third thought is if it's becoming an issue for you, and you can't figure it out after those two resources, then you need to talk to somebody. You need to really figure this out because you don't want to live your life with anger and resentment all the time. And so what will it do? Two weeks ago, I was there. And so there is no shame. As a matter of fact, I commend you for saying this. There's no shame in feeling this way. It's a signal. It's telling you something's wrong. I, two weeks ago, I had met, I had realized that I was just way overwhelmed and I was just spent for a lack of a term again. And it, it helped me to go ahead and connect with two people. One person was a, a true friend that genuinely said it like it was. And another one was a coach. And both of them gave me great perspective and great understanding. And it required me to step outside 
of the whole situation and really process for about 48 hours and then come to what I needed to do. And I actually took an entire week off to try to figure this out. And I was really in a bad spot because all I was doing was thinking about the, the deep, you know, how your brain has it's 50% positive and 50% negative. I wanted to stay in that 50% negative space. I wanted to keep thinking about what's going to happen going forward. And I never could see the joy. I could never see the positivity. So try to look at that and see if that helps you a little bit. Also, another great tool to check on too is to take the caregiver quiz because it's going to get you to identify what type or personality type of a caregiver you are. Are you a go-getter? Are you a people pleaser? Are you in the nostalgic state? That'll kind of, so you kind of have to put the pieces together to kind of try to figure out where I'm at in my journey. And it's going to require you to do some really self-reflection and self-reflection and really self-assessing yourself. So what did you think? I hope you enjoyed this episode of the behind the scenes of the Caregiver Cup community. If you are a busy woman caregiving for your loved one, plus working your job or your business and finding it quite overwhelming, I want to invite you to this Caregiver Cup community. Just go out to Facebook and search the Caregiver Cup community. We'll ask you to answer a series of questions to just make sure you fit the community and fit the requirements, and then we'll voila, you'll be joining the community. We are all experiencing the same types of situations in this group, and we all have our experiences, and we're there to go ahead and support, uplift, motivate, and learn from each other. To, so to conclude this episode, I want to first of all, thank you for listening. If you like this episode and you want to go ahead and hear more, I would truly appreciate it if you click that join button, that follow button, that subscribe button based on whatever podcast uh, app you're listening to. And then you can go ahead and join us in every episode. So until we meet again, thank you for listening.